beloved listeners, welcome to Grace Life Komi Podcast, brought to you by the publication arm of Chimdeona Ministry International Komi. Our vision is to empower individuals to reach full spiritual completeness in God through the insightful teaching and preaching of the Word of God. The Grace Life Komi Podcast offers every believer a continuous stream of fresh, simple, yet deeply impactful teaching episodes that engender the revelation light of Christ Jesus. Our objective is to motivate and uplift individuals through the provision of enlightening content that facilitates a profound exploration of faith. Grace Life Komi Podcast is dedicated to fostering a beneficial impact on the lives of our audience, aiming to positively transform their spiritual journey and enhance their connection with faith. Chim Funke Oahuna delivers teachings that aim to illuminate the profound truth and significance of the person and the work of Christ, providing essential guidance and instruction for nurturing and developing believers in their relationship with Christ. We urge you to remain connected to the Grace Life Coming Podcast and engage with us, a platform where believers can immerse themselves in teachings, cultivate knowledge, and form connections with like-minded seekers of Christ Jesus, who is the way, the truth, and the life. Grace to you, Jesus is Lord. We give you thanks and praise. We give you glory and honor. We say, hallowed be your name forever. Jesus, we extol you. Jesus, we exalt you. We say, blessed be your name. Be lifted up. Be glorified. Be magnified. Sweet Holy Spirit of the living God, we celebrate you. We have come to your presence again, dear Abba Father, to be taught of you. We ask that you teach us, grant us understanding today, grant us revelation, grant us insight, and help us to be practitioners of your word, and not just hear us alone. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen and amen. We bless God for another time of fellowship in his presence. This is miracles of Jesus. And um, by the grace of God, it's been awesome since um, 2023. We've been on uh, miracles of Jesus. And um, we are on the fourth miracle by 23rd of March, 2024. It'll be our one-year anniversary of miracles of Jesus. To Jesus alone be all the praise and glory forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Actually, um, we have been enjoying so much, so much, and learning so much. And, you know, how the beauty about it is how the Holy Spirit keeps expanding just one miracle, and the miracle begins to get clearer and brighter and more beautiful. And we begin to see more, um, um, more than what we have always known about these miracles. Amen to Jesus. One who appreciates God for what he has been doing, how we have, he has been teaching us, is the Holy Spirit that has been teaching us. No man is a teacher, only the Holy Spirit teaches us. And we are just simple tools used by the Holy Spirit to, um, to communicate what he's trying to say or what he's saying to the church. Amen to Jesus. We also want to appreciate all our listeners from all over the nations of the earth. The good Lord bless you. Thank you for investing into your spiritual growth. Um, thank you for um, allowing the Lord, you know, use you to be a blessing to yourself and to others. Also to all those who have been 
clicking the like and the share button. The good Lord bless you. The good Lord bless you. To all those who have also been telling others about this, you know, these teachings. The Lord bless you richly. The Lord bless you. For every one person, I've been, you know, getting one or two feedbacks of, you know, how the teachings have been a blessing to them. The Lord bless you. We appreciate what God is using you to do. Please keep up the good job in the name of Jesus. And once again, want to always let you know that our feedback channel is Chimdi Ohahuna Ministry at gmail.com. That's our feedback channel. And we we'll please um, encourage you to feed us back on what the Lord is doing. You can also use our direct WhatsApp number and give us a feedback on what the Lord is using these teachings to do in your life. Amen to Jesus. Well, the short code is plus 233. And I'm 545947132. Wherever you are, you can give us a feedback of what the Lord is using this podcast, these teachings to do in your life. Amen to Jesus. And also the giving platform are also available for us. Um, do well to give a love offering. And um, the good Lord bless you in the name of Jesus. Alright, we're on the fourth miracle of Jesus. We've been looking at a lot and I've been learning quite a lot. Looking at the feeling of the 5,000. And um, I grew up to know this miracle and... We have, um, over the years, it has been taught over and again. But, you know, the Word of God is ever new and it's ever exciting. And so, by the privilege of God's grace, we are getting new and exciting, you know, insight into this particular miracle. Um, you know, we've always understood that Jesus took, gave thanks and he broke the bread and he multiplied. And yes, those are steps that he took. And we're going to go to that aspect, amen, to Jesus. But there were some things that preceded this that we know we've not taken note of. And we were able to look at one major thing that preceded this, which was compassion, that bettered this miracle. And we also, look at, also saw that vision even bettered the compassion. He saw the people as sheep having no shepherd. And so we understood that perspective determines how active you become. And your vision determines whether you have compassion or not. And we understood that he never saw the crowd as a crowd, that, uh, as an impressing crowd to impress. Rather, he saw the crowd as a desperate people in need for spiritual leadership and guidance. Amen to Jesus. And so we understood that um, in, the, in the previous studies, and we understood that his, he, he, though he was in a serious situation of, you know, in need of rest, he, um, his cousin John the Baptist had been beheaded, he had received the news, and he had traveled, he had traveled some good miles, you know, four to five miles to come to Bethsaida, to come and have a time to be alone with, you know, his disciples, so he can just, you know, have an alone time and get himself back, you know, and also at least, you know, mourned for his nephew, his cousin, um, yet people started flocking towards him. And he had to forget about himself and focus on the people. We learned those in the previous studies, and um, we can please go back to the studies and learn from them. Today we're going to be looking at something again in this light, and we're looking at the, um, the action of compassion, the action of compassion, you know, according to Jesus. We saw that he was compassionate, you know, it's beautiful to hear the word compassion, but we need to understand the action of compassion. Because compassion is not just a word, it's an action, it's a verb, praise God forevermore. You know, just like love is not just a word, love is a verb, it's an action, amen to Jesus. So how did Jesus act out this compassion? Are we together? How did he act out this compassion? That's what we're going to be looking at today. Praise God forevermore. So the action of compassion, according to Jesus, in this miracle. 
Praise God forevermore. Now, over the years, the church has misunderstood and misconstrued the operations and the ways of God. Now, um, by the privilege of God's grace, I have been a missionary in two nations, and at least I can have a little understanding as to how people think as regards the gospel in different nations. You know, by the grace of God in the Francophone and in the Anglophone, like I always tell my wife, I say, if I've gone to Francophone and Anglophone, any other nation will be either of these two or in between the two. So I can be able to reach out to every other nation. They will not think either of the two ways or in the middle of the two ways. But somehow you see the same thought line in one way or the other. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. All right. And so if you've, if you've, if you've gone on missions and if you've actually been in the ministry, you know, leading people, teaching people and trying to disciple people for the Lord Jesus, you begin to understand the way people think. You don't even need to go too far to even do these things. Just go online. You see the way people think. And they will see the way people expect Christians to behave. You see the way people expect um, 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 even God to behave. Some people have actually started designing the way they expect God to behave. And so if God does not behave in that way, he's not God any longer. (laughs) Amen to Jesus. And so over the years, we have had a great misunderstanding and misconception about the operations and the ways of God. And we must understand something that as Christians, we are to operate in the ways of God. Amen. And so, if people have a misconstrued understanding about the ways of God, they will definitely have a misconstrued understanding about our ways. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And that's why over the years, um, it's important we begin to realign people to how God operates. We need to realign people to how God operates so that we don't, people don't, are not placed in, this, in, in, in space expecting God to behave in a particular way and when he doesn't behave in that way they get disappointed in God or expecting children of God to behave in a particular way and when we don't behave in that way they get disappointed in God amen to Jesus and so this misconception and um, misjudgment of God misunderstanding of God is a serious issue that has to be attended to amen to Jesus now um, one thing we need to understand is that God wants us to keep knowing him are we together now, we serve a God that dwells in a light that is unapproachable to all, but revealed himself. <laughs> Amen to Jesus. That's the beauty about this God. That's the beauty about Yahweh. He dwells in a light that is unapproachable to all, but still revealed himself. So God wants us to keep knowing him. Second Corinthians 3 verse 18. As we beheld in a mirror, the glory of the Lord were changed from the same image from glory to glory. Amen to Jesus. So God wants us to behold his glory. Amen to Jesus. He wants us to behold his glory. Moses asked the Lord, show me, thy, show me your, your glory. And God said, no one can see my face and live. But in the New Testament, God wants us to behold his glory. Amen to Jesus. All right. And um, Jesus is the only incarnate of the Father God and the only and greatest revelation of the Father God. Amen to Jesus. Now, prior to the coming of Jesus to earth, there was no incarnate of God here on earth. Are you getting what I'm saying? And there was no ultimate revelation of God here on earth. Are you getting what I'm saying? That's why Moses wanted to have just a, just, he wanted to have the revelation of God. He went to the mountain. Now before, remember when the children, when God, when God told the children of Israel, tell, tell, told Moses, tell the children of Israel, I want to speak with them. And they, when he wanted to speak with them, they heard thunder, they heard lightning, they saw the, the clouds, and they told Moses, please go and speak with God, and come and give us feedback. Now, so he, they, they, he, he wanted to speak with them but in the old testament there was no way he could present himself to them in a way that they can understand 
So even the lightning and the thunder, they could not understand it. And even when Moses went before him, when Moses went before him, he was covered with the glory of God, yes, but he did not still have a, a, a glimpse as to that glory. Are you getting what I'm saying? He did not have a glimpse as to that glory. Why? Because there was no, there was no full revelation of God to man. God did not reveal himself to man in his fullness. Are we together? Amen to Jesus. And that's why the Old Testament was a shadow of God's revelations. A shadow, different shadows of God's revelation. Melchizedek was called the king, the, the, the king of Salem. He was called, and he had no father, no mother, no descent. And he was, he was a typology of what? Of Christ. Amen to Jesus. But he was not the incarnate of the father. Are we together? And so even Moses said, um, the Lord will send a prophet like me to you. Are you getting what I'm saying? The best Moses could understand was himself. Are you getting me? That's the best, that's the best of the revelation of God he could have himself. So the Lord will send a prophet like me to you. But there was more than that. And so Jesus is the full incarnate of the Father. The Father revealed to man. Amen to Jesus. As a result of this, Jesus alone can show us the operations and the ways of God. Are we together? Moses cannot show us the operations and the ways of God. Um, the list goes on. Joshua cannot show us. Elijah cannot show us. Um, Elisha cannot show us. Jeremiah cannot show us. Even um, 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 John the Baptist. Bible says, of all the prophets of the Old Testament, he was the greatest. He was the greatest. But the Bible makes us understand for that. I say, but the least in the kingdom of God is greater than him. Why? Because none of these could give us the full revelation of the Father. They were not, none of them was the incarnate of the Father. So none of them could actually show us how the Father operates and show us who the Father is in the fullness of it. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. And that's why all through the Old Testament, they did their best to reveal a side, a section, a little part of God. Are you getting what I'm saying? A little part of God, but not the wholeness of God. Praise the Lord forevermore. That's why you could see somebody like Moses could also what get angry and strike the rock instead of speak to the rock. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because he was not the full revelation of the Father God. Amen to Jesus. And Elijah, Elijah could could call down fire to kill the, the, the soldiers because he was not the full revelation of the Father God. Are we together? But when the full revelation of the Father God came, he said, whatsoever my father tells me to do, I do. When the father told Moses, speak to the rock, Moses was angry, struck the rock. But the full revelation of the father God, when he came, when the father, anything the father told him, he did. He was never angry or, 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 or pressured by what the people were saying. So he did whatever the father, he was, Jesus never acted based on emotion. Jesus was never emotional in his action. Amen to Jesus. When Elijah, his sleep was disturbed, he killed how many, how many soldiers calling fire from heaven. But when Jesus, when he rejected him in a particular city, his disciples, James and John, the sons of thunder, thunder men, he said, let us call them fire to consume them. They understood the Elijah operation. And God, Jesus said, do you not know who spirit you are? Which spirit you are of? We don't, when people reject us, we don't bond them. When people reject us, we don't, it, it, it's part of the work. They, they, when they make us, if they, fight, they make us angry, we don't bond them. Are we together? Why? Because that's a full revelation of the Father God. Amen to Jesus. Glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Alright, so Jesus shows us the way of the Father, the operations of the Father. John chapter 1 verse 1 and verse 14. 
He says, in the beginning was the world, and the world was with God, and the world was God. <coughs> and the world was made flesh and dwelt among us, and we beheld his glory, the glory as of the only begotten of the Father, full of grace and truth. And look at John chapter 14, verse 9. I love this verse of scripture very well. It says, Jesus saith unto him, Have I been so long time with you, and yet hast thou not known me, Philip? He that hath seen me hath seen the Father. And how seest thou? Show us the Father. So this makes us understand with all clarity that Jesus is the full revelation of the Father. The full revelation of the Father. That means he is God made flesh. Amen to Jesus. Now so how do we know the, the way the Father behaved? Look at the way Jesus behaved. Why did the Father send the Son? To show us himself. To reveal himself to us. Now from, from time immemorial, the Father has always wanted to reveal himself to man. Are you getting what I'm saying? And that's why he revealed himself to man in shadows. In shadows. Hebrews chapter 1 verse 1. God who has son read time in the past spoke to the fathers through prophets as in these last days spoken to his son Jesus Christ. Amen to Jesus. God reveals himself by his word and God has always wanted to reveal himself all through the Old Testament through shadows he has done his best to reveal himself from the, from, 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 from the sacrificial lamb to everything that, that was done in the Old Testament God was doing his best to reveal himself to mankind. Amen to Jesus. From the pillar of cloud by day and the pillar of fire by night God was doing his best to reveal himself to mankind. But these were shadows and they could not reveal the operations of God in the fullness. But by Jesus coming, Jesus revealed the full operations of the Father. So how do you know the way the Father behaves? Look at the way Jesus the Son behaves. Praise God forevermore. Now, when I, the, Lord, the Lord led me to go out, to start praying in, 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 the, um, in the hospital some last month thereabout. And by the privilege of God, we have been going to pray. And when I go to pray, Israel, I just tell the sick people, I tell them my name, as I introduce my name, and I tell them I'm a servant of Jesus. And I tell them, Jesus sent me to pray for you because he doesn't like it when you are sick. Jesus loves you, and he doesn't want you to be sick. And I give a, 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 a Bible verse that has to do with healing. The, last, um, the, um, the first I looked at, I, 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 I gave the, the woman that was bent over. The next one, the paralyzed man. And just give a Bible and tell them how Jesus is not happy when they are sick. And that's how he sent me. And I see the faces of the people, they are so lighted up to see that Jesus loves them. Amen. And he doesn't like when they are sick and he wants to heal them. And I say a simple prayer, but you know what? I've discovered that the prayer of faith is not shouting. Amen. The prayer of faith, these um, um, prayers I've been praying for the sick has made me understand what the prayer of faith is, I'm telling you. It's not shouting. The prayer of faith is a prayer that is generated by faith. And that prayer only happens when you have been able to generate faith in the heart of the people. So when I tell them, Jesus sent me there, you just see them open their countenance. And when I tell them, Jesus loves you, they're like, ready, okay. Jesus doesn't like when you are sick. They are ready. And I just say a short prayer. And I go. And it's so beautiful. I don't waste time when I pray. But if I were not to do that, my work would have been harder. Because the focus would have been on me. I'd have been trying to reveal the Father for them. Or to them, praise God forevermore. But my job is not to reveal the Father. My job is to reveal He who has revealed the Father. I just reveal Jesus to them. And then Jesus reveals the Father. And the work is easy. Amen to Jesus. And so whenever we see Jesus, we see the Father. So how do we know the, the Father's operations? See the operations of Jesus and you have seen the Father's 
operations. Amen to Jesus. Alright, so we've understood that. Now in this miracle, Jesus gives us a precedence on how great miracles are performed. Amen to Jesus. I like this miracle because it's a very beautiful precedence here. Uh, and it has really helped me a lot. Amen to Jesus. I, when I go to pray for the sick, I wake up early hours of the morning, very early, so I can go pray for them early. And I know it's not an easy one for me, but I have to do that. Uh, and it just making me understand compassion more and more. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. And, 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 and you know, these are things that we need to understand to operate the way God wants us to operate. Now, Jesus gives us a precedence on how great miracles are performed. Based on the truth we learned in our previous studies, vision which bettered compassion are both the sources of this miracle done by Jesus. We learned that. Is that not so? Vision bettered, vision bettered compassion. So vision and compassion, they are the source of this miracle. Amen to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. All right. Jesus saw the crowd as sheep, having no shepherd. Amen to Jesus. This made him have compassion on them. We learned that. He saw them, sheep, having no shepherd, and he forgot himself. He forgot what he was going through. He forgot his pains. He forgot the emotional pains he was going through and the need to rest. And he swung into action. Amen to Jesus. It is important we follow the sequence of operations in this miracle. If we seek to do the same miracle. If you seek to do the same miracle, we need to follow the sequence of operations in this miracle. I tell you the truth, compassion is not cheap talk. Vision is not cheap talk. You know, I was talking with my wife and I was like, mm, I preached the most when I was in my toughest times. 2020, 2021, it was like hell was let loose on me. And how can I preach the most? I even want to preach as much as I preach then now. Are you getting what I'm saying? Because that's what compassion does to you. And it's such a blessing to hear people tell me, you are an inspiration to me, you inspire me, you inspire me, you inspire me. You know, somebody told me, it was like, without the physical audience, you have just stayed on this. And I told him years ago, the Lord told me, preach whether you see result or not. You see, God has to bet a dimension, has to bet compassion in you. For people you are not seeing, are you getting what I'm saying? And you will be preaching to these people you are not seeing. It takes compassion. It takes compassion. It takes compassion. You are not seeing them. They are not giving you feedback. But you are preaching. I was talking with somebody, and the person was asking me, so do you get feedback? I said, I don't get feedback. And I understand what the person is trying to say, because I, I believe the person is trying to get into, you know, this aspect of ministry. But they are looking for feedback to get to start doing this work. Somebody told me, oh, how do you do the podcast? I told him, okay, just follow the link. You see how podcast is done. The person started doing podcast. After a while, I don't know if it's still on on the on the on, on, on the ministry again. Because everybody looking for, they want to get feedback. People want to hear, they want to hear people tell them, oh, you are doing well. The word blessed me. Oh, I was blessed by the word. The word was powerful. I can't remember when last I wanted somebody to tell me the word is powerful. <laughs> I can't remember last. It should be more than 10 years ago. I wanted somebody to tell me the word was powerful. I was blessed by the word. Uh, we just we just deliver and we go. And because it's compassion, we are we are we are doing what the Lord has told us to do. Amen to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Amen. All right. Thanksgiving and prayers alone, as we have been taught, did not give birth to this miracle. They didn't, they didn't give birth to the miracle. Thanksgiving and prayer alone. Vision with better compassion gave birth to other things, which finally gave birth to what? The miracle. 
vision better compassion compassion gave birth to other things we'll see one of the things compassion gave birth to here and you get what i'm saying and then that one now gave birth to thanksgiving praise and we're going to be seeing a lot of things this this miracle has a lot a lot of things i never understood you know when i i, I thought when i as at you know last week i thought i was going to be teaching on bet betsida because this was this the location of this miracle was in Bethsaida. I thought I was going to be teaching on Bethsaida because the Lord began to show me some things in Bethsaida. But when I opened my notes, I discovered I had something now. <laughs> I had this one already written to, to preach on. So you are like, wow, oh, this is just you know scattering the plants. So I just had to stay on this one. And I'm going to Bethsaida. Bethsaida is another revelation on its own again, and it's a very important aspect of this miracle. Amen to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah. All right. In the sequence of Jesus' operation in this miracle, we see that vision bettered compassion, and compassion bettered spiritual leadership and guidance. So we, are, we looked at vision, we looked at, we actually started looking at compassion in the first teaching, amen. But next we looked at vision. But actually it was vision before compassion. After compassion, it was what? Spiritual leadership and guidance. What we may call visionary leadership. Amen to Jesus. Because Jesus, if he, had, if he saw the sheep, the people are sheep lacking, having no shepherd, and then he had compassion on them and he stopped there, this miracle would have not come. Are you getting what I'm saying? That vision he had, the people, he saw them as sheep having no shepherd, and that better compassion in him made, the, made the, 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 the leader in him, are we together, jump into action. So here we see spiritual leadership and what? Guardians. You see, um, when I was on campus, one of the, um, 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 the leaders in my fellowship then, he said, how do you know a leader? He said, a leader is somebody that sees a need anywhere he gets into. I get what I'm saying. He comes to this environment, he just sees that they did not, this, the way this world is, they did not paint it well. And he wants to paint it. Not that he just sees the need, criticizes, are you getting me? And that's a no. A leader sees the need and takes steps to do what? To meet the need. I get what I'm saying. But people who only see the need and criticize and wait for someone to meet it, they are no leaders. Are you getting me? True leadership is you see the need, you take deliberate steps to do what? To meet the need. And that's what Jesus did here. After compassion came what? Spiritual leadership and guidance. And that is what should always happen next after compassion. If you are compassionate, but it doesn't fuel you, it doesn't. It doesn't um, trigger leadership, spiritual leadership and guidance in you. You have actually not entered the next cycle. And you'll not be able to command great miracles. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. Amen. And I believe it's very important for every child of God. Because when we talk about spiritual leadership and guidance, some Christians believe that there are some people who are leaders in church. And there are some people who are followers in church. Actually, Jesus told his disciples, follow me. And I will make you fishers of men. He didn't tell me. He didn't tell them, follow me, and that's all. The church we have today is a church that believes that Jesus just said, told them, follow me. Are you get what I'm saying? He said, follow me, and I will make. The purpose of followership is making. Are we together? So if you are following and not being made, you are not following the principles of Jesus. Jesus said, follow me, and I will make you. I will make you. I will make you. And we can see that after three and a half years, Jesus left earth. And these men that followed him, they were already made men. Bible says, these are the men that have turned the city upside down. 
And when they saw them in Antioch, they said, these are Christianos. They are followers of Christ. Why? Because they have begun to take the same steps, the same leadership step that Jesus the followed took. Are we together? Now, so there is nothing like leadership and followership in church. We are all followers that are being made. <laughs> are we together? And we are, as we are being made, we are attaining leadership um, status by the day. Yeah. Amen. So, the person, for us, we believe that the people that stand on the podium, they are the leaders. And the people that stand on the pew, they are the followers. Who taught us that? Are we together? And some of us also believe that, that the, some people that run the organization, they are the leaders. And we, the ones that are sitting, follow on the pews, we are the followers. Jesus never called people to follow him, and that was the end of it. No. He called them to follow him so he will make them. So the proof of followership is being made into leadership. And it's not a one-time journey. It's not a one-time thing. It's a continuous thing. So leadership is a continuous, progressive action. So you are continuously being made into leadership. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? The leader in you is continuously being uh, 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 made, and you are progressing in leadership. Are we together? That's the reason why Jesus did not, Jesus did not, did not, did not give birth to an organized religion. Are you get what I'm saying? He gave birth to the church, ecclesia, which is his body. And he, he told the people, the disciples, he, 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 he led. He told, he told them, go into all nations. Go, go. Now, the ability to go is a proof of leadership. Inability to go is what? Proof of what? Followership that has refused to, 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 to be made. And what we have in church today is followers that have refused to be made. They don't want Jesus to make anything out of them. Some people feel that you need an ordination for you to preach the gospel. It's good to get an ordination. But Jesus never ordained any disciple. Did he ordain anyone? He only told them, follow me and I'll make you. Are you getting what I'm saying? Some of us feel that we need some one or two, three things and we've given ourselves so many conditions to become leaders. But no, no. The condition for leadership is followership. And as you follow, you are continuously being made. 2 Corinthians 3 verse 18. As we beheld in a mirror. The glory of God. We are what? Change. 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 Into the same mirror from glory to glory. That is the making process of leadership. That's how we are made into leaders. As we keep beholding Christ, we are changed into him more and more. And we are attaining his status of what? Of leadership. That spiritual leadership. That compassion that that, that, that triggered out spiritual leadership and guidance will begin to function in us. And glory to God forevermore. Hallelujah. So I don't know who I'm speaking to here, but every born again child of God is a continuous follower that is continuously being made into leadership. No matter your age, no matter your size, no matter your class, no matter when you got born again, we are continuously being made into leadership. And the end time move of God is when people who have no offices in church will shake the world for Jesus. No office in church. I've told people over and again, I have not been ordained by any, any denomination. Not be ordained by any denomination. I didn't even go to theology school. You know, I was teaching, so I was teaching in, 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 in a church yesterday, and, and you know, the pastor was like, theology. I said, please, I'm not a theologian. No. <laughs> Amen. I'm just a graced person. I just, the grace of God is just working. <laughs> you get what I'm saying? 
That's all. That's all. I'm not a theologian. I'm just the grace of God is just helping me and helping me and helping me. As the Bible says, little year, little there. That's all I'm doing. Little year, little there. I just learn here, learn there, learn there. Today I was, I was, um, I went to do something and they were playing the message of a man of God, and he was saying some things, and he made, he said an information, and I picked that information. And that's how the Lord works for me. That's how the Lord helps me. That's how the grace of God works for me. I would ju- you, you may just be, the, the man of God may just be saying a lot of things, but one information will just stick to my brain. And the day I will use that information, I don't know. But it will come out one day. So many of the things I say are things that I just heard on the road. Are you getting what I'm saying? Or I studied online, and I studied from my Bible, and they just stick, and God helps me, they stick, and I use them. We are growing in leadership. Amen to Jesus. It's not about ordination. It's not about whatever. It's about going to the world and making disciples for the Lord Jesus. That's what it's all about. Amen. And that's the end time move of God. Um, 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 Wycliffe. Wycliffe. Wycliffe was a Bible, um, uh, a, a, a solid theologian and a scholar. A scholar per excellence. Um, I think of Harvard. He was a scholar per excellence. And uh, Wycliffe wanted the gospel to go round. He wanted the Bible to get into the hands of the common man. So what did Wycliffe do? He started, convert, he started translating Latin to English, the common English, the everyday English that everybody can, can use. And then he started getting ladies, laymen, farmers, um, housewives, and, and the list goes on. He got these lay people. And what did he do? Every week he translates the Bible, he gathers them and, 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 and explains what he has translated to them and puts it in their hand. And tells them to go with that one he has given them and go and teach other people. He was the one who seriously pioneered the late lay ministry. And the church then fought him like crazy. That's why even after he died, <laughs> they excavated his bones because they could not, they wanted to uh, matter him. They wanted to burn him. Because they say he was speaking, he was preaching heresy. They wanted to burn him. You know the church then. John Hose, they burned John Hose on the stake. And many others were martyred. So they wanted to burn him, but as God we have him, they transferred him out of the location. So he was in the monastery, and he finally died there. And to tell you how the, his, the work he did pained the church so badly, many years, some years after, they went and they uh, assumed his body. They couldn't even manage the pain. They assumed his body, and they burnt his bones, and they spread it on the river. Oh, that was the best thing they ever did. Because his impact was, how many years after his death, his impact was he, um, was he uh, um, tormenting them. And they couldn't manage the impact. And then they went further to help him impact more. By the time they spread his bones <laughs> on the water, the rivers took the bones, that ash, all the corners of the earth. I have a weekly um, um, dictionary. I, have, I think I have a weekly Bible too. The river helped us to help him do the work. Don't forget that when Elisha died, when Elisha died, Israel was fighting a battle, and um, there was a soldier that died, and they, they were in a hurry, so they threw the soldier's corpse on the tomb on the tomb of Elijah, and the corpse touched the bones of Elisha, and the corpse the corpse jumped back to life. That was the 32nd miracle that Elisha did. He did it in his death. So even the bones of the anointed carry anointing. So what they did to Wycliffe was what they needed to do so that people like us can get his dictionary <laughs> and can hear about him. Till today is a torment to them. He put it in their hands. And that was how the late ministry, the lay ministry, took another dimension. Took another dimension. 
and that's how the gospel could spread because of the principle of what? Follow me and I will make you. So, great miracles happen when compassion enters the next level. And the next level of compassion is what? Is spiritual leadership and guidance. And by the grace of God, from a teenage age, I started the, uh, the mentoring um, teenagers and guiding them in the ways of the Lord, teaching them. You know, one of my mentees, after many years, sent me a long message saying, my father, I said, ah, finally, they've woken up. Father, thank God for you. Thank you for obeying the call of God. So that means even though I was obeying the call of God from a very young age, oh, the man I am today, God used you to make me. And he was saying many, many men, I said, I pray for you every day. I said, thank God. So because I got to a point in my life where I saw that maybe it's only my parents that pray for me, <laughs> and my wife, and my children, and myself. Amen. I said, so some people actually pray for me. That I, was, I, was, I was like, wow, wonderful. You know, and I was not even anything, just an ordained worker. And I just had a desire to what? To train people, to disciple people, to disciple people. And I was discipling teenagers, discipling teenagers, discipling teenagers, just like that. That is what compassion brings. It bets spiritual guidance and what? And leadership. So if you stop at compassion, you will not see great miracles. Amen to Jesus. By the privilege of God's grace, I'm so, I'm so thankful to God that this podcast is being used by God to give messages to men of God. You know, a, a, a beautiful brother was t- talking with me and he was like, you know, I'm, he was like, I'm blessed by your teachings. And I actually preached them in church. I was like, wow, thank you, Lord. And that beautiful bro- um, uh, man of God also is a brother. And I was like, I'm inspired by So by, by the grace of God, God is using this, our humble work, are you getting what I'm saying? That came out of compassion and made us start taking dangerous leadership, leadership and guidance step to bless even ministers of the gospel. People take these teachings and they teach it in church. Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah. So, and it means that if it can happen through us, it can happen through what? Every other person. Now, Jesus did not just swing into giving the crowd food, as many make us believe, and many requests from us as Christians. Amen. And Christian leaders, praise God forevermore. Because that was not what they needed as sheep having no shepherd. What people always do is when they talk about this miracle, the, the first they talk about is Jesus fed the five thousand and give us food to eat. Jesus fed the five thousand and give us food to eat. Give us physical food to eat. Break the loaves, break the fishes, let us eat. Give us physical food to eat. Give us. And the focus of this teaching over the years has been misguided and misconstrued because all we think of is the physical food that Jesus fed them. But that was not actually what happened. Go through the whole story now. We've been looking at this story for how many weeks now? It was not just Jesus saw them and said, Yeah, Peter, James, John, or you have five food for this food, they're hungry. And today that's what they come to do in church. Give us food to eat. Have we get what I'm saying? In fact, you know that Paul, at a point in time, he got angry with the church. Say, so what's the problem? You come for communion, you come to break bread, and you come, you, you eat, you, 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 you eat bread as if you've not eaten bread before. And you drink wine and get drunk. He said, if you want to eat, eat in your houses. If you want to drink, drink here, you cannot come for communion at the end of the day, you are tipsy. You cannot walk home again. No balance after communion. Did we come to honor God or to dishonor ourselves? You come for communion and you have a fed. Please eat at home now. We didn't come to break food. We came to break bread. It's much more we have to take it. Don't break, don't scatter everywhere with food. And, and, and you see, it got to a point where the church became an no one bed church. 
Owan Bear. The church became a serious ce- a, a, a celebration, celebration, to eating, 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 eating church. All they do is eat, 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 eat. And we're eating and losing, losing spirituality. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. So that is not the focus of this miracle. Amen. And we must not make it the focus. Praise God forevermore. Jesus moved with vision, better compassion, and gave the crowd spiritual word, leadership, and guidance because that was what they needed the most. He was not moved by vision, better compassion to give them food to eat. Are we together? He was moved by vision, better compassion to give them what? Spiritual guidance and leadership. Spiritual leadership and guidance. That was what they needed the most. See, what vision makes you do is to see what people need the most. He saw them as sheep having no shepherd. What do we see the sheep today as in church? What do we see them as? What do we see the crowd as? Because if you see the crowd wrongly, you will give them the wrong thing. If you see them as who do not have food to eat at home and let them come and eat in church, you only give them food to eat. Are you getting what I'm saying? If you see them as food that don't have clothes to wear and let us give them clothes to wear, you only give them clothes to wear, but you have not met their real need. Are you getting what I'm saying? And no matter how hard it is, when I discovered over the years that people did not want their real needs to be met, they wanted their fake needs to be met, the Lord led me to stay on podcast. And those who want to meet Jarini, they will come and meet me on podcast. It's as simple as that. Are we together? It's so painful that I stayed in a city for five years and I met no hungry man. No testy man. Nobody hungry for Jesus. Nobody testy for Jesus. My heart was in pain. Was in pain. Pray, call for revival. Nobody wants to pray for revival. Pray for, sit on that word. Nobody wants to sit and and be taught the word. Nobody, nobody. What is wrong? Because we have misconstrued it. We have misunderstood it. And as leaders, we have also helped them get more misunderstanding. We have met their, 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 their physical need and left their most pertinent need. The need of their soul. The need of their spirit man. <laughs> Amen to Jesus. Praise God forevermore. But Jesus had vision. And he, the vision made him know what was the right need. A leader with vision knows the right need to be met. Are we together? A visionary leader who will end up being a compassionate leader will know the right need to be met. They may not like you for being visionary. You know, you know what that it meant? I was, I was talking to my wife and I was like, ah, staying like this, preaching to who you are not seeing for, since 2020 now, when I did it for three years, I knew that man had worked. You are not who you are preaching to. But today I'm beginning to see people tell me I'm blessed by this. Oh, I'm beginning to see people tell me, ah, your consistency is, 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 is inspiring. But if I did not stay, will I get these comments? Are you get what I'm saying? Will, I, will people be blessed? Will people be blessed? Because at the point in time, the people that came to me were people that I was seeing their spiritual need. But they were telling me, stop meeting my spiritual need. Give me food to eat. Give me clothes to wear. It was that serious that someone came to meet me and said, Pastor, the suit you say you wanted to give me. <laughs> Pastor, give me clothes to wear. Give me food to eat. Give me this to And I'm like, what is all this? Where did we get? How did we get here? And so when I saw that they would not stick around because they don't want their real need to be met, the Lord gave me what to do. Amen. And it's a serious issue for everyone again, child of God. I'm not talking about church leaders. I'm going to talk about church leaders. The first thing Christians you just think of, it doesn't concern me. Is that not so? It doesn't concern me. He's talking to church leaders. No. Where I said something that every, Jesus told his disciples, follow me and I will make you. Every Christian is a follower of Christ in the making process. 
So we are followers made leaders. So I'm talking, I'm talking to everyone again, child of God. In your communities, wherever you are, there are spiritual needs to be met. Amen to Jesus. How did Jesus lead and guide the crowd spiritually? How did he lead and guide the crowd spiritually? This is a very important thing because more often than not, I've also seen in the church another thing. Now, there's a side of give them physical food to eat, give them physical things to, 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 uh, physical things to, to solve their physical needs. Are you get what I'm saying? But there's another side of it is not food now, it is not clothes, but it's still not spiritual leadership and guidance. Are you get what I'm saying? Like I always to tell my um, wife, I say, when we're on campus then, we are preparing for a program. We are preparing for a program. The program is coming up in, 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 in three weeks' time, two, uh, one month time, as a fellowship. Instead of us to go into the place of prayer and, and start praying, Lord, let, let, let salvation happen. Let, let, let salvation happen. Let salvation happen. Let the sick be healed. Let the, let the blind see. Let the lame walk. Instead of us to go into the place of prayer, pray such kind of prayers. You see us running around for the lighting. You see us running around for the sound. They are no bad things, though. No bad things. I get what I'm saying. But um, I believe you me, on campus, it's not sound and lighting we need. <laughs> it's not sound like, on campus, it's salvation we need. If you give me an opportunity to go back to campus and do ministry, I will do rugged, dogged. No sound, no lightning nonsense. I just go and get them ruggedly saved. And that's why my ministry is still maintaining the ruggedness. Yeah, it's just rugged now. It's just rugged. I remember when I, when I began pioneering the work of the ministry, and then... Um, for three years, I was preaching without microphone, without speaker, shouting at the top of my voice. When I went to campus and I told one of the guys, one of the um, people in campus then, I told him for three years I did ministry without speaker, without microphone. He said, you, Chimdi, you that like sound like no man's business. Because those days when you want to even sing as a praising man, not a praising man, when you want to sing, praise God. You will test the sound to make sure the sound is tight. He said, you that like sound. He couldn't believe. <laughs> you, you. But when God wants to use you, <laughs> He will scatter all the things you like so that you will start doing the things He likes. Three years, no sound, no public address system, nothing, nothing. We, end, we learned rugged by force. So that's another aspect to it. I'm not against those things, but see, when those focus, when those things become the focus, spiritual leadership and guidance begins to lose its strength. Are you get what I'm saying? Amen. Praise God forevermore. When Jesus, the great shepherd, set out to lead and guide the sheep, which had no shepherd, he taught them. He taught them. That's what he did. He did what? He taught them. And this is what is lacking on a larger scale. This is what is lacking on a larger scale. I listened to a man of God some years ago. He said, he went, he was invited to come and preach in another church. And when he came to preach, he saw the crowd there. And when he finished preaching in the church, he went back to the church he founded. And he saw this small number of people. Look at them, the way they were small. Ah! And he felt very discouraged. Going to preach in a big crowd and coming back home and see the, see the small number here. And he said that he was so discouraged to preach. He said the Lord told him, teach them. He said, as he heard that word, teach them. Oh, he started teaching today. Today. Today, they are celebrating 40 years of impactful ministry. Thousands and millions. Because he did what? He taught them. Jesus saw the need. And the way he met the need, his leadership and guidance was by what? Teaching. 
teaching, 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 teaching. The end result of Jesus' compassion for the people was to what? To teach them. To what? Teach them. Jesus gave them what they needed most, which was what? Teaching. Teaching. See, let me tell you something. One of the things, I remember my parents, my mother then, when we're, when we're small, when we're children, there are some food we don't like, but she will give it to us. And she, when we complain, she said, because you need it. We, you say you need it. And you know one of the problems we have in church days that Today we have children in the pews and parents on the podium, but the children in the pews are controlling the parents on the podium. And that's the problem we have today. My mom will never allow you to control her. See, I don't like saying you need it. Then that time she would, she would, she would squeeze bitter leaf and tell us to drink. See, I don't like it. But I say you need it. <laughs> you need it. It's not about what you like. It's about what you need. Then I didn't so like beans. But she will cook beans. And I will eat beans. Why? Because she said, you need it. Let's ask ourselves, are we actually giving them what they need? Or are we giving them what they like? Jesus didn't give these people what they liked. He gave them what they needed. Is the church giving what is needed or what is liked? <laughs> Amen to Jesus. Hallelujah to Jesus. So he, he, he was teaching them about the kingdom of God. He was teaching them about what? The kingdom of Whether they like it or not. Whether they were bored, he was teaching. Are you getting me? About the kingdom of God. Mark in his account tells us that Jesus began to teach them many things. Many things. And I made us understand that compassion makes you teach many things because you want people to know in one day what took you many years to know. That's what compassion does to you. I remember I taught and taught and taught. The people got tired of me. They got tired of me. They walked and left. They left me. You teach too much. But you see, you don't know what makes a man teach many things. It's because compassion is overboiling in him. And he wants you to know what took him 20 years to know. He wants you to know it in two days. I say, what? You break a head and put it inside. What? His own is too much. What? See, I know. I don't, I don't blame you. You are not the one in his heart. You don't know the, the fire burning in his heart. If you know the fire burning in his heart, you will not blame him for what he's doing. I get what I'm saying. You won't blame him. You won't blame him. You won't blame him. I remember I, come, I used to come for a, a, a minister's conference and the, 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 the host, he would stand for three hours stretch, that also, teaching. And he would just be moving one side like this and the other, the other side. Three hours he's teaching. Three hours. He's teaching. I wonder why would you why would, why would they sit us down like this for long? Why would they sit us down? We don't the reason for that is compassion. I want you to know what took me years. I want you to get it in one day. Say it's not possible. Yes, I agree with you, it's not possible. I agree. But don't blame him. It's compassion. Jesus spoke to them for hours. A full day. Don't blame. Okay, if you are blaming us as Bible teachers for teaching you for too long, then you have to blame our master. Because we are following our master. We are taking an example from him. He told them to they started fainting. <laughs> he told them to they started fainting. In his mind, I have only three and a half years. These people don't understand. I, only, I remember in the last location where we were here, when I came, I told them, take all you have to take. I don't have all the time to waste here. And they didn't understand. And when, the time was, when it was time, God took me to another location. And I'm thankful to God that over here, I'm seeing people who are hungry. Are you getting what I'm saying? And I'm ready to deliver. I'm still ready to teach. It's ready to teach. It's compassion. 
Don't blame us. Blame our master. Amen. <laughs> Praise God forevermore. All right. Mark chapter 6, verse 34, we see that he said he, 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 he taught them many things. Luke in his account mentions that he spake unto them of the kingdom of God and that he accompanied his words with signs, healings, and wonders following. Amen to Jesus. Luke 9, verse 11. So Mark 6, verse 34 says, And Jesus, when he came out, saw much people and was moved with compassion towards them. Because they were sheep not having a shepherd. And he began to teach them many things. Many things. You know, Luke 9 verse 11 says, And the people, when they knew it, followed him, and he received them, and spake unto them of the kingdom of God, and healed them that had need of healing. Praise God forevermore. Hallelujah to Jesus. It's important we know that Jesus did not lead and guide them spiritually by praying, prophesying, or laying hands on them. These things are not wrong. Are you getting what I'm saying? But he didn't lead them in this way. You see, more often than not, we are in a hurry to lay hands. And about the poor, the poor, about the poor they do not be in a hurry to lay hands on people. Years of experience in ministry, decades, made me understand I should not be in a hurry to lay hands on people. Oh, oh no, no, I'm not in a hurry to lay hands on people. I, I get what I'm saying. Prophesying on people, oh, oh, I've learned by experience not to prophesy on people anyhow. Are you get what I'm saying? Even praying for them, I've learned not to pray anyhow. Praise God. Jesus did not lead them spiritually by these things. He led them by, spiritually by what? By teaching them. You see, what we have in the church today is the people who want quick fixes. And praying for them is always a quick fix for them. Prophesying for them is a quick fix. Laying hands on them is a quick fix. I'm not against every of these things. But I've learned by experience that these quick fixes do not fix the problem. Are you getting me? They don't fix the problem. Jesus did not train his disciples by prophesying on them, laying hands on them, and, um, and, um, and um, praying for them. He trained them by what? Teaching them. Three and a half years he was teaching them. After three and a half years of teaching them, he told them, receive the Holy Spirit and breathe it on them. And he left them. See the effect of three and a half years of teaching. Are we together? Praise God forevermore. He taught them. He taught them. He taught them. The greatest impartation a man can receive is the impartation of the word of God. It's the impartation of the word. That's what God has been using for my life for years. Impartation of the word of God. Although all of these are good and important, they cannot take the place of or precede teaching. These things cannot take the place of teaching. Neither can they precede teaching. Teach them first before you lay hands on them. Teach them first before you prophesy on them. Teach them first before you pray for them. But if you want to first pray for them, prophesy on them, and lay hands on them before you teach them, you may end up not, laying, not teaching them. Because when you, are, when you are done with those three things, they will start going home. <laughs> they start going home. A great man of God said, he he will spend, before he, 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 in his ministry, he used to spend three hours prophesying for people. And then he would spend one hour teaching. But after many years of ministry, he said, if he knew, should have spent three hours teaching and one hour prophesying. Teach them. Teach them. Teach people the word. Say, Pastor, I cannot teach. You can teach. Everybody can teach. Teach is more what you know. Teach is more what you know. If you get stuck at the point in time, go to church, let your pastor help you continue. <laughs> Say, I have told you the one I know. If you want to learn more, come to church. Pastor will teach you more. Eh? Say, but what do you mean? Don't say, eh, because I'm still learning. It's as simple as that. But teach the word you know. Praise God. Leading and guiding is teaching. Leading and guiding is what? Teaching. Like they always say, if you give a man a fish, you have helped him for a day. 
But if you teach him how to fish, you have helped him for his lifetime. It's pathetic to see that many Christians want them to be, want you to give them a fish and help them for a day, not teach them how to fish. I believe in teaching how to fish. Why? Because what? Leading and guiding is teaching. Teaching is leading and guiding. If you cannot teach people, you cannot lead them, you cannot guide them. <laughs> Amen to Jesus. So after the compassion is bubbling on the inside of you, my brother, calm down, start teaching. You see, Jesus was, would have been, Jesus is God. Jesus would have been the one man Riota Ministry International. He would have not needed 12 men. But he took 12 men, teaching them for three and a half years. 12 men, teaching them for three and a half years. Some of us, we are so anointed, but we've not taught anybody. So anointed, but we've not taught anybody. <laughs> so anointed, but nobody has been taught by us. Say, but I don't know. Who told you don't know? You know something. You know John 3.16. Teach it. Teach somebody. Teach somebody. That's, that's, that's spiritual leadership and guidance. Jesus, who is the great shepherd and our ultimate example, showed us the first step to spiritual leadership and guidance. And what is it? It is to teach the people the kingdom of God. Teach them. Teach them the kingdom of God. As seen in scripture, Jesus first taught them before he what? Healed them. You see it? He taught them before he what? Healed. But today we want to heal them. Before we... When you finish healing there, they are not ready to listen to your teaching again. They're not ready. Now, it reminds me of a story I, I read many years ago. I can't remember the book I read it from. But it was about a particular um, medical doctor. She was, you know, a medical practitioner. And because of, you know, their duty, their cause, she had to be taking some, you know, medication to keep her awake. Are we together? To keep her awake. And after a while, it became an addiction. And it started affecting her health. And as a result of that, it affected her health so much that she started deteriorating her health. Instead of even having some kind of serious pains that no painkiller could ever stop. Her health deteriorated so much that her colleagues gave up on her. They wrote her up and they told her, please go home and die. And they told her how long she had to die. Are you get what I'm saying? And so she went back home to die. But somehow, 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 Jesus encountered her. And she encountered Jesus. And the word of God was released to her. And the word of God healed her. This woman that had been given some, some period to die, jacked back to life. And she didn't die. So she came out from that sick bed, and not even that, that deathbed, as a new person. This time around, still to practice medicine, but in a different way. She went and she opened a healing home. In this healing home, she was strictly using the word of God. The Bible says in the book of um, Psalms, My son, pay attention to my word. For their life to those who find them, and health to all their flesh. The word health there, the Hebrew word for health there means medicine. Medicine. So she chose to use a different kind of medicine now. Not orthodox medicines, not um, tradom, tra traditional medicine. She chose to use the word of God. As her only maker. That was the only medicine that saved her when they are written her off. And so she opened a healing home. And when you come, she only in her healing home, she only takes people that they have been written off to die. They are about to die. The ones that they say, okay, this one, they are dead, they are, they are about to die. Those are the only patients she takes. She doesn't take you while you are still. <laughs> she doesn't take when you know that you have given up hope on medicine, and medicine has given up hope on you. 
then she takes you. And people were brought there, and when they bring them to the to the healing home, she just she won't answer the people. Tell them take them off. She won't answer you. Um, oh, please, please help, help. When you are talking, talking, please. Um, she won't answer you. Take the patient up. She won't mind you. The family member that brought the patient. She won't even mind the patient. She won't mind anybody. Take the patient up. When the family member has gone, the patient is there. She goes to grab me the patient. There was a particular patient they brought. This one just had some hours to live. And if you see, with the word of God, there is no emergency. You know, I was thinking some days ago, like, man, this, this thing is really low. That the worst that can happen is death, is that not so? And Jesus is the master of life and death. So if, it, if, it, if death happens, we can still bring the death back to life. So, so what are we not saying here? Yeah. I get what I'm saying. So they brought one that had some hours to leave to her. And she told them, take her upstairs. They were talking, he said, take her upstairs. They took the lady upstairs. As they took the lady upstairs, you know what happened? She, they went, she left the lady there for a while. Then she went up and told the lady, just keep saying this word to yourself. By his stripes, I am healed. By his stripes, I am healed. Says, he told her, say it for as many times as you can say it. And she left the lady and came downstairs attending to other matters. One hour later, she heard a loud, the person that could not talk, the person that was as good as dead, she heard a loud shout, Amido, Amido, Amido. And not only was it a loud shout, somebody that was bedridden, that was dead reading, let me use the word dead reading, they carried her in a stretcher down there. She heard a loud shout, Amido, Amido, Amido. And she heard a, a, a noisy running from upstairs. This dead, seemingly person that was meant to be dead, was running from upstairs, down the stairs, and ran to meet her. And the lady was fully alive. 100% strength. And the lady was shouting, Amid, 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 Amid. You know, the, the word that entered into her that caused her a mental... Amid, Amid, Amid. He said, okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. I said, how many times did you say it? He said, I don't know how many times I said it. I can't count. But I just said it till I don't know what happened to me. Are you getting what I'm saying? Tells you that if you are in a hurry to lay hands on them, you may not help them. If you are in a hurry to prophesy on them, you may not help them. If you are in a hurry to pray for them, no matter. She was not praying for anybody. She was not prophesying for anybody. She was not laying hands on anybody. She was teaching them how to get healing for themselves. And it was working. Working like fire. So leading and guiding is what? Teaching. Teaching. Teach them. Teach them. He's our greatest shepherd and our ultimate example. He showed us the first step to spiritual leadership and guidance. is to teach the people the kingdom of God. Teach them. Teach them. We see that Jesus taught them before he healed them and then finally gave them food. Are we together? That was the sequence. He taught, he healed, and he gave them food. But if we start by giving them food... We may not have wound up healing, let alone teaching. If we start by healing, we may never teach. I get what I'm saying. Because you see, have you not seen that in church, especially in church, when people come, you are teaching, you are teaching, you are teaching, they are, they are, they are eating, their buttox is moving on the chair, they are sleeping, they are yawning, they are waiting for the action time. For them, the word is no action, the word is tales by moonlight. Story, story, folk tales. Let's, Pastor, finish the folk tales, let us come to the action. 
Once you start walk, um, um, calling the sick and start praying for them, hey, you see the people that were sleeping before, their eyes are open wide. Those that were yawning, they cannot yawn again. Once you start prophesying, hey, you start sharing, sharing them, say, deeper, deeper. Why? Because we have misunderstood the process that Jesus takes. Are you getting what I'm saying? And so that's how we cannot effectively teach them again. Because some of them even know that while you are preaching, they are waiting for you to finish the teaching so that they can, you can start the action. For the, for, you have already made them understand that action is the main thing. Teaching is a waste of time. Are we together? By the privilege of God's grace, I function in the miraculous, I function in the supernatural. But when I discovered, I remember once, I, 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 usually when I hold conferences, first day will teach, second day I will teach. So on the final day I will teach, then I will now lay hands and in the supernatural word of knowledge and every other prophetic, I'll do that. But I build the teaching spirit, are you get what I'm saying? So that for them, they will start getting healed before the last day or getting their needs met before the last day. Or they also know that the healing of those things are not the main thing. The word is the main thing. Are you get what I'm saying? And so I remember once I called for a prophetic meeting. I said, okay, I'm going to be, I'm going to be doing a prophetic meeting. By the and as I called the people, you know, I began to tell them by, uh, by what they call prophecy, by his word of knowledge, tell them things about themselves. And they were like concurring, concurring, concurring. And I saw that this now became a hunger in them. In fact, prior to then, I, 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 I heard a, a, a program the last day. We started flowing the word of knowledge, the supernatural. People's cases were being called. Healings were happening. People were falling under the anointing. And after the next day, somebody was passing and said, Prophet! <laughs> after the pity. And the next day, somebody came. His, his friend came to meet me. And the friend said, You see, um, please, I wanted to ask you, Pastor, can you tell me things about yourself? I said, I'm not a social. This is his gift. When God wants to speak, he speaks. When he wants to speak, I keep quiet. But that, that tells you what his friend went to tell him. Because he saw that the things that I was saying concerning the people were very precise. In fact, some days after, he started telling me some things that was that, that, about a particular person, which were just clear confirmation of that person, somebody I'd never known before. But I discovered that this is a serious issue. The people will not want to be taught. They want to be healed. They want to be fed with physical food. They want to be prophesied on, but they don't. At the end of the day, we end up raising people that become problem to us. Jesus followed the right precedence. That's why the 5,000 could wait. They were not even expecting food. Are you getting me? Food was a bonus. But today we make them expect food first. And the, the teaching is not a bonus. <laughs> the devil has made us misappropriate things. Well, I want us to understand something today. You know, there's still quite a lot, uh, a few things I have to say. But I will say them in, a, in the next teaching the next meeting and then I will then continue to the next to what we have in the next teaching. I want us to understand something that spiritual leadership and spiritual guidance is affected by teaching. Anybody you cannot teach, you cannot lead. Anybody you cannot teach, you cannot lead. As a husband, if you cannot teach your wife, you cannot lead her. As a father, if you cannot teach your children, you cannot lead them. The proof of leadership is the ability to teach. Say, but I'm not a teacher who told you everybody can teach. You know the point? Even children know how to teach. My children teach me. I see them uh, the other day. Um, um, I, I, something happened. Okay, I was like, you know, there was a particular thing. I'm like, I don't. And my daughter was like, started giving a teaching from the hotel. And my, my wife was there. Come on, teach him, teach him, teach him, teach him, teach him, teach him. 
children, everybody teaches. Are you get what I'm saying? If I, from childhood, we want to teach. But as we grow, we don't want to teach again because we start pursuing many other things. The proof of spiritual leadership, a guide and guidance, is what? Teachability. The ability to teach. And every one of us has the ability to teach. When we get the vision right and it, pro, it, it triggers compassion in us, the next thing that must happen is that we must start acting as leaders and guide and guides, which we are. And that we do that by what? By teaching people. Not arguing with people, teaching people. You may not know everything in the Bible, there's something little you know. Teach that one you know. Amen. Amen. Teach that little one you know. And when you start teaching that small one, you know, you discover that you keep knowing and knowing and knowing. Some of us did not start like this. I remember my first teaching I taught at the age of 11. I think I wrote it on a jota or something like that. I can't remember how that message was. Are you getting what I'm saying? Then at 17, I started writing teachings on jotas. And why did I start writing teachings? Because I saw that Kenneth Tekin said at the age of 17, that was when, when he gave his life, because I started writing messages. Started writing messages. He said, all those messages he wrote at 17, he never preached anyone because they were, <laughs> he said they were funny. They were, they were things that he looked at and said, well, did I write this? Are you get what I'm saying? But he started from somewhere. Teach. Because it's important for every one of us to teach as we have been called to be what? Spiritual leaders and guides. I don't know wherever you are. You want to see great miracles and you want to start leading and guiding. Ask the Lord, Lord, let the spirit of teaching arise in me. Let Make me a teacher of your word to teach the people around me. As a husband, help me to make me teach my wife. As a father, make me teach my children. As a mother, make me teach my children. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. Help me, Lord. You are praying this moment wherever you are. Now is your moment of salvation. If you are yet to make the Lord Jesus Christ, your Lord and personal Savior, we request that you say this prayer along with many others now. Say this words, Lord Jesus, I am a sinner, I repent of my sins, and ask that you forgive my sins. I believe that you shed your blood on the cross, died for my sins, and rose again in the third day. Today, I invite you into my life today. Wash me by your blood, make me your own, and till eternity be my Lord and personal Savior, thank you Lord Jesus, in Jesus' precious name. For your love gift of any amount to Grace Life Kami Podcast, kindly use any of our giving channels available, to give in dollars. You can send to Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. Account number, 033-154-551-2013. Swift code, M, B, G, H, G, H, A, C, to give in CDs. Universal Merchant Bank Ghana. You can send to account number. 033-254-551-2017. To give in Naira, you can send to Ecobank Nigeria. Account number 554-102-0592. Also, for further enquiries, you can call us on plus 233-54594-7132. OR. Send us an email via ministry at gmail.com. Today, remain ever blessed. We believe you were blessed listening to this teaching from God's Word. 
May your soul remain ever refreshed and revived. We would love to hear your praise report today. Beloved, remain connected to Grace Life Comey Podcast. Jesus is Lord.